The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Here's the listener who says if the Brazilians had concentrated solely on their football rather than their silly dance moves, they likely would have progressed further than a competition. The Brazilians are looking like right Egypt's now. It's not signed by Roy Keane, but I'd imagine those are his sentiments. Tony Cascarino, great to have you back. I know you're back from uh, Doha. What an extraordinary outcome to that Brazilian game. But was there a bit of that they looked like after they got the breakthrough goal? It went almost immediately to halftime and extra time. The way they were backslapping each other, that they thought they had the job done. Yeah, Matt. Um, look, I mean, they're going to look back at this game years, years later on, Matt, where they're going to go, how on earth did we get knocked out against Croatia? You know, deflected goal, beats Allison. Their goalkeeper makes a number of saves in the match. Um, they could have punished in Brazil. It felt really weird watching it, Matt, because I was at a couple of Brazil games in uh, Qatar, and I've got to say, the atmosphere was extraordinary. The fans were brilliant. And Neymar's name was, you know, not as much as Lionel Messi as literally a national hero, but not far behind. He gets the lead, and I don't know, Matt, I just feel like it weren't meant to be their day in some bizarre way. You can point the fingers at maybe could they have you know, got the ball up higher up the pitch and not left with a three-on-three. Three. How have Brazil, with five minutes to go, been left with a three-on-three, three, Matt? I just and don't get it. They had vacated the right-back position, Mark, and you see the aerial shot on the thing. So Perisic yeah. was literally unopposed going down the left wing to put in the cross. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you just at, at that particular moment in the game, when you've worked so hard to get in a position to win it, you just completely close it up. You, you know, you... you trying to track the fouls, you try and slowly get up the pitch, you put, play the ball in the corners, you, you press and you just make sure that, you know, they've got the furthest amount of distance to cover to get to your goal. But let me ask you a question, and, and, and Cass as well, who would you rather have in your team, Luka Modric or Neymar? Well, Neymar's goal was brilliant. brilliant. It was the goal yeah. of the tournament, possibly. It was a brilliant set of one-twos. But one. Modric... Yeah. I mean, for 37 years of age and having played most of the extra time against Japan before they substituted him to go the full amount of extra time here and score one of the penalties. He's 37. What a player. He's just mm. a metronome for that team. Sorry, Cass. He's just a metronome for that team. Everything around him, even when they went 1-0 down, he just stepped up even more. And he's just a brilliant player because he just keeps passing the ball forward all the time. He doesn't risk anything, you know, that's, that's going to give the ball to the opposition. And I think the players who play with him look at him and think, wow, you know, whatever he says, whatever he does, we've got to be the same. And I think it shows you sometimes when you're a relatively small country and you don't have massive, masses of players to, to choose from, but everybody is together. And you can see that. You can see that with the manager. Um, mm. And I was, I mean, I'm delighted because I just, I love Croatia, just everything about them. Yes, yes, at times they can be, you know, they can be a bit naughty in terms of the challenges, etc. But we don't mind that because ask, ask Cascarino about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I would say, Matt, about, um, and Mark, uh, about Modric, I was at the game where they beat Belgium 2-0 and he was frightening. I didn't realise how good he was live because um, you see far more. Um, also, seeing him before the game and realising how tiny he is, he's literally five foot six, five foot seven. there's nothing on him. Absolutely nothing. And he's getting around the pitch comfortably. It, you know, just you, you feel like 
He's got so much energy. But is that interesting, Tony, because an awful lot of the older players are failing at this World Cup. Lewandowski, Cristiano Ronaldo, others sort of going. But two players have kept it going. Messi, even though he's not what he was, but more than anyone else, Modric. They're the two old fellas who are delivering. Yeah, I'll put Thiago Silva in that as well, Matt. I thought he was brilliant for Brazil. Um, but you're right. I, I mean, I think it's hard, harder being a centre-forward, Matt, yeah. in, in the modern game and playing that role at 36, 37. Um, look, but look, look, Not everyone can do it like you used to, Tony. Well, no, I got... <laughs> look, Matt, it was a different era. And plus, you know, one thing's for sure, this World Cup and what stood out about it was there was a lot of fit teams. Yeah. And the unfittest teams got knocked out. Belgium were one of them and Wales were the other. They got knocked out early, Matt. And you could probably add in Denmark there. Was a, there was a few sides that I watched live and I thought, not fit enough as a... Whether it was because of injury, there was a number of injuries, obviously, in the Wales team. But likewise, uh, there, I thought Belgium looked a very unfit team as well, Matt. Another listener pointed out the old fellas, Pepe is 39 for Portugal. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. Well, don't, don't you think the reason for that is because they've only played half a season? Yeah, they should be yeah. fit. Uh, Mark, you know, yeah. sorry, Tony, yes. when we talk about Croatia, uh, Mark has paid tribute to them. But population of just 4 million people, that's even less than we have. And they got to the final the last time. They've been written off as old fellas as well for this one. But they've got some tremendous young players. Garvial, the centre-half, looks oh, like yeah. he could be the best centre-half in the tournament. He's, yeah, just he's 20, 20 years old, Matt. 20 years old, plays for Leipzig. Um, it's been tremendous in every game. Juranovic as well, Matt, the right back. is a real live wire. Um, yeah, they've got some really good players, Matt. I don't think they can win it, though, Matt. I really, Honestly, um, I, I just think they, they haven't got enough up front to, to win the tournament, in my opinion, to get to where they've got to in the semi-final and who, who meets them, I just can't see them getting the, to the right to the very end. And, you know, like they did in the last World Cup, made the final and France beat them in the World Cup final. I just don't see them having enough just to nick, to take that trophy. Of course, it means now the semi-final will be Croatia against either Argentina or the Netherlands. And Mark, I suppose the one thing is we have been robbed of what I think a lot of people would have loved to see is the potential of an Argentina-Brazil semi-final, assuming Argentina get through. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, And there's no guarantee for for Argentina because uh, the little fella's got to be at his best, I think, tonight. Um, Messi, of course, that is. And if if the game starts to open up a little bit, that's when he comes to the fore. When it's really, really tight, even him finds difficulty in getting in getting the space. And also, they have a problem the team getting the ball to him. So if it's open, but I, d- I don't think that it will. And Louis Van Gaal, you know, he's old and he's gnarled. But I tell you what, when it, when it comes to the World Cup, he's uh, one of the far far better managers. I think this is a. For me, Matt, this is going. To, this is going to penalties as well. I think just like the other one today. Yeah, there's some great games in the past. The '78 final, which Argentina won, Mario Kempes's goals. '98, mm-hmm. Dennis Bergkamp's magnificent last-minute winner for the Dutch against the Netherlands. But this Dutch team, Tony, by comparison, it's a bit dull, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. They, I mean. Matt, they move the ball around really well, and there is a threat. And I, th- I do think Memphis Depay has got fitter as the tournament's gone on, so that's a, you know, and obviously they've got Gakpo, and they've got a, a number of us. Frankie Dion, I thought, has had a really good tournament in midfield. They're a decent side, Matt. Um, maybe overpass. 
You know, I, I did the Spain game the other day, and, I mean, they were ridiculous, Matt. They, they had 1,050 passes and, and had six shots and three on target. So it was 150 passes to try and get an attempt on goal, which is just madness. But they, the Dutch have a, a better purpose than certainly the Spanish team, but probably still not enough. You expect a bit more from them, Matt, because, look, the teams you mentioned in years gone by were exceptional sides, and I've played against the Dutch teams, Matt, and they've had incredible teams. When the Kluivert, Zidoffs, um, Davids, and many, many others, Overmars, oh, just so many great players. It, this feels that that's not really the level they're at at the moment. But it'd be an interesting game to watch. I mean, look, Lionel Messi, everybody who's a Lionel Messi fan just wants him to win the World Cup because most people want to say he's the greatest player who's ever lived. Um, and, you know, as a club footballer, he's done everything. If he lifts the trophy and Brazil getting knocked out as well, you sort of feel, well, it can't be any better for them, you know, to, to take on Croatia in the semi-final. They'd be delighted if they can get through Matt tonight. Yeah, there's a possibility we could have four European teams in the semi-finals. Although, Mark, Morocco looked not bad mm. against Spain. I mean, are they potentially the team that, you know, Portugal are now in a massive up, having had their 6-1 win the other night. But yeah. could it be that, you know, that was the peak for Portugal, that sometimes that sort of burst of elation doesn't follow through into the next game? Well, it could be the same for Morocco. But I have to say, the intensity in which they play is fabulous. Uh, and they set out, certainly, to play against the Spanish and they were, they were just brilliant. They've got a few stars in there. They're one or two, unusual at this World Cup, that we don't really know that much about. But they've got outstanding players, fabulous supporters as well. And they're driven, Matt, aren't they? And, and again, it's a little bit like Croatia, where, you know, relatively not the, not the biggest squad in the world, don't play that many in terms of the highest levels. But when they're all together, they've just become a better team. Um, I just I love the way they play. For me, they've been one of the stars of this competition. But could it be Tony that they're up against a Portuguese team that's now liberated, that doesn't have to drag the Ronaldo <laughs> Millstone around with it? Well, it's a bit weird, Matt. And you know, there's now three managers in a row that have neglected uh, Ronaldo. You know, if you take Reniac and Ten Hag, and now the Portuguese coach who's decided that Portugal were a better team without him, and you can't debate in that, that anymore, Matt. They're clearly not. Ramos come in and done brilliant. I mean, one thing I would say, Matt, two things on Mon uh, Morocco. One, they had a load of players that look, were injured at the end of the game. They lost a few during the game, and they were definitely carrying players that were injured. Sias at the back was injured. You know, so I, I, I would be concerned what sort of side Morocco get out. The other thing in the positives of them, their support, Matt, was unbelievable. I had to get back from the game. I wasn't at that game, but I was coming back from another game. And I had to literally wait an hour and a half because I couldn't get on any train <laughs> in Qatar for, for an hour and a half because every one of them was full. So I couldn't even squash myself in, Matt, of Morocco fans. They were they, unreal. They'd obviously they, seen you play. <laughs> what, Mark? They'd obviously seen you play. They wouldn't let you on. <laughs> <laughs> they were unbelievable, Matt. They were incredible fans, and uh, that's their one hope, I think, if they can get their fans behind them. But I, I think Portugal will beat them. OK, Tony, what about England and France tomorrow night, the last of the quarterfinals? Oh, don't. Yeah. Um, well, I think England have got the midfield to do it, Matt. You can run off the back of Rabiot all the time. You know, Schumann in the midfield. They're a partnership with Griezmann in front. Look, the boy on the wing that we all know, um, you know, obviously Mbappe is an extraordinary player and his pace and he, Matt, he could 
go past what everybody's done in World Cups, this World Cup, by he's already got 11 goals in the last two. He lifted one trophy. If imagine he wins it back-to-back, he would be deemed as probably, you could argue, he's one of the greatest players of all time. He's 23, Matt. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous what, what he's close to achieving. And I've seen, we've all seen enough of him, Matt, to know that if he's on his game and he turns up, I don't know how you stop him. Because even Carl Walker, his very best, would find Kylian Mbappe really dangerous. So, They've got a lot of other good players in different positions. Yeah, but I, I personally think if England can win the midfield, they can win it. Yeah, but then who do England put in the midfield? Do they keep Jordan Henderson in there in a 4-3-3? Because Southgate, Mark, to. tends to yes. go 5-3-2 in the big games. I don't think he'll do that. I don't think he'll do that. I think, and I think he'll leave Henderson in there, but on the right of the three... Just to, to, to provide Walker. support to Walker in trying to deal yes. with Mbappe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, totally. And, and why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you negate the, the ability that the fella's got? He's an unbelievable player. But do you know what, Matt? Obviously, I just keep, keep hearing loads of this. It's coming home and it's coming home. And I hope it doesn't come home a week on Sunday or whenever it is. But I, I think England might beat the French, you know. I really seriously do. Why so? I mean, obviously, Bellingham is looking like a terrific midfielder, think, a real, a real sort of upgrade on what was there previously. Yeah. They have strikers who can get goals, yeah. and they can rotate the strikers in and out. And yeah. so, but is there not this Achilles heel in defence? I mean, it's not just Mbappe running at the likes of Stones and Harry Maguire, but Dembele as well. I know Giroud has been written off by some of the English media, some old thirty-six-year-old, but France looked better with him leading the line than they did with Benzema. Yeah, but he's 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 straight up for uh, for Harry Maguire him because it's just a, a physical battle between the two of them, and, and Stones will just kind of sweep off, sweep up, and pick the bits up. So I just I just think with with, with England and especially with the Euros, obviously where they, they they learnt a lot. I think the manager learnt a lot. This like two holding midfield players is is bombed that out now, and they they just look much better. But I just do think that. The quality of people they've got on the bench, I think, will swing it, especially if you're going to go and play 120 minutes, which is highly likely at this level, this stage of the competition. OK, so, Tony, what do you think? I mean, England were really poor in the first half hour against Senegal. I mean, if, Senegal, if Pickford hadn't made that save to prevent a Senegalese goal, England were in trouble. Everything just lifted when they broke and got the goal. So do you think that they're going to try and sit back and hit France on the break? Well, Matt, first and foremost, you're not going to play every minute of every game really well, or even a half. You're going to have an indifferent period, without a doubt, over you know the course of a tournament. Um, I, I look at England and I just think the team that got to the semi-final in 2018 is not as good as the England team today. So they can go one step further for me. So, look, there's quality in both teams. If you were to do a composite, Matt, between the two teams... Most people, I think, would choose more England players than French, you know, and I think that tells you the, the, the answer why why me and Mark think they can beat the French. The guy on the wing is an unbelievable player, we know that, and they have other threats. Griezmann is a threat. He's a very clever footballer that plays really at the top of the three for France and, and is very capable of finding a bit of space and getting a goal out of nothing. Griezmann does that. Dembele wants to cut, cut inside all the time. But I do think, largely, England... Saka's had a really good tournament. Foden's come in and shown what he can do. You know, I, I'm, what Mark just said, I'm 100% in agreement that Giroud fits for the two centre-halves, especially Harry Maguire. So I, I, I think it's there for them, Matt, to beat them. 
Okay. Right, we'll see what happens. <laughs> right. I know everyone's devastated, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible, don't we? Yeah, Matt, well, look, Matt, it, that, Matt that, little, that little bit of airspace there where there was nothing that you said actually said everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about on Monday evening on the back of all these semi-finals. And looking forward to games coming up so fast. The semi-finals, Tuesday and Wednesday. There's going to be a lot of knackered players, Mark. Uh, there is. There is, but you know, you take it, wouldn't you, to be a knackered player playing in semi-finals or World Cups or even or even the final. But listen, you know, as I said, made the point before, it's it's only halfway through the season, so they shouldn't be that knackered, should they? Mark Lawrence and Tony Cascarino, great to talk to you. Talk to you again on Monday after we've had these quarterfinals completed. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty. Today.